Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber. That's Jim Cramer. He thinks he's on ESPN, but it's actually Stop CNBC. It. Post nine at the New York I Stock Exchange. <laughs> you were such a bad guy. <laughs> bad guy. Carl has the morning off, which, of course, you can already tell. Let's get a look at uh, futures this morning, of course. Uh, you heard Becky just talk about it. You know, we'll see. Uh, Dow looks like it may open down. But the NASDAQ is one of the keys, and that does uh, appear to be set for a, a higher open yet again. Our roadmap this morning, though, starts with blue chip earnings. Uh, we got a parade of names such as 3M, GE, Verizon. We'll talk Danaher. We'll, we'll just Great keep job. going from there. GM, of course. In fact, speaking of that, we got an exclusive. That will be with uh, GM CEO Mary Barra. That's coming up uh, shortly. The company did raise its full-year guidance. Uh, it did increase cost-cutting as well. Quote, we were wrong. Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson admitting he may have underestimated. Hey, where was that? What page? This, you know, I couldn't even find it. How about until, page five? Yeah, page five. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, it was mostly here we were right. Of a note that came out at 4 a.m. But it doesn't matter. At the same time, he did admit he was wrong. But he didn't eat crow. He kind of ate sparrow. Ugh. All right. We'll talk a bit about, Hatch. Mr. about Mr. Wilson, but let's uh, let's get to the earnings because it is a busy day, Jim. And I'll go where you want. Um, you know, my okay. list okay. at some point during the show, we'll obviously get to Spotify and GM and 3M and Verizon and Danaher uh, and uh, Raytheon as well. Right. And Whitney, I, I was going to go there. with GE versus Raytheon. How interesting. So let's you... start there. OK, Wherever so you want. So we finally got the quarter that you and I expected from Larry Culp when you first went interviewed. Went God, that's Boston. a long time ago it when is I a first long time went ago, to when we first to, took over. He heard a lot of problems. So many challenges, obviously power being a key one. He started to take the company apart as we knew eventually yes. they would. Healthcare now trades its own and eventually uh, which, power by the will. Way, I like the quarter, but I own it from my chapel. But it's, now, it's an aviation uh, company. Yes, and right. here's what happened. Uh, remember how they make their money. It's a razor, razor blade model. So right. the, you sell the engines. Then 75% of the revenue earnings per share is maintenance. And they have on fire. They're taking a huge number of engines. The, the growth's much better than expected. And then, David, here's the real surprise. Tell me. Onshore wind from Vernova. Very strong. Onshore wind. That's the spinoff next. Right. IRA that, that's coming in help. early 24, right. the spinoff so of I, the power generation business. Right. So a lot of people Vernova. felt that you can't buy this stock until you uh, had a split off of Vernova. I no longer feel that way. However, the stock is up four, and the stock's run 25 points. But it is a fabulous story, and there were remarkable increases, and he's doing amazingly well. The only area that was soft was really natural gas turbines. I'm going to take that off the table. Believe it or not, nuclear is going to be an issue, but not anytime um, soon. All right, so, right, uh, record renewable energy orders, they say, of $8.3 billion. Again, this is them from the press release. Right. Um, well, Meanwhile, the stock has had a historic run. It is still, by the way, down some 65 percent from its sum. from its yeah. all 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 time highs that we well remember back in 2000, uh, when it had one of the, if not the highest market value of any company. Um, 
right. and traded at, I think, 45 times earnings. But Culp's, look, there it is. I mean, it, there's no denying no, no, this move. No denying it. None. And I, I really want to appreciate it. Now, I want to go over for a second what looks like the opposite, which, you know, GE competes directly yes. right, with Raytheon. Um, and that's on, on engines, Pratt and Whitney. And, David, there's a, there's a recall of uh, engines that uh, for that United that Raytheon made it was actually at that point United Technology, and David, it's disturbing uh, because it looks like that the airlines are going to have a lot of their engines on. Um, let's say yeah. Let's let's tell people the news. Well, okay, and so by the way, a, Jim, the, they they also said that they were going to provide additional details during the earnings call. Right. So that's why I was, so I'm, we're I trying to, to we're trying to get that. But the news itself from uh, from Raytheon uh, is the follow uh, is the following. Um, they anticipate a significant, uh, I should say, unrelated to second quarter results. Pratt & Whitney, their engine right. business, um, has determined that a rare condition in powder metal used to manufacture certain engine parts will require accelerated fleet inspection. Right. This does not impact engines currently being produced. Right. However, they do anticipate a significant portion of the PW1100G uh, JM engine fleet that powers the, the A320. Yep. Okay, so uh, we'll require accelerated removals and inspections within the next nine to twelve months. Two hundred accelerated removals by September of this year. Less than one percent of the engines, however, twelve hundred of the three thousand will be out of commission. So right now, if you're one of the major airlines, you hate. Well, the three twenty—that's the Airbus. You, you, that's you, the Airbus three twenty, right? Right. So, but I'm saying that. I, yeah. That's the, no. It's the all uh, right. No, the I mean, it's, right. And Greg Hayes owned it, uh, and what's happened is, is that people are saying, wait a second, maybe the free cash flow is going to be uh, diminished dramatically, which it will be. But, David, if you look forward, and I know this is a second-day story, the orders are really quite great. So okay. before you just say, you know what, I've had it with this company, they did a 13% order growth, which is really fantastic and very much competitive with GE. So they'll sell it, but by Wednesday, they'll free, uh, buy, I'll make that Thursday. People will forget why they sold here it. So is, perhaps uh, take here a look is, at it. Uh, you know, we, again, we wanted to monitor the call, and here is what you're referring to. Greg Hayes, frequent guest with us, although not this morning. We're working through no, an but, issue but willing to, it, resulting it, it, from a, fa- a rare condition in powdered metal that will require Pratt & Whitney right. to remove some engines, uh, again, during the call. And they're going to reduce cash flow expectations, Jim, by half a billion. All right, 4. so maybe we call them up. Maybe we call them up after the call. We get them on. You want to do that? Uh, Let's we do can it. try. Yep. No, we'll do it. Okay. Just we tell me what. We'll try. Um, we'll try. I mean, what is this, Saquon? I mean, come on, we'll do. Uh, we're back to ESPN now. We got earnings this morning, okay? We got a lot to talk about. You didn't have. I only went there. I didn't have to out you that you were texting me. with. with, uh, with it's okay. Oh, you never bother me about my texting during the but show. But you text about your dog. No, I don't. I text about trying to get news can from we people talk who about actually... Ta- can we talk about Taiwan Semi? No. Yes. And, and, no, and, wait. No. Why would we talk Taiwan Semi when we've got an entire list of earnings I to get to? did it because you cared very greatly about... The, the, uh, they did it, they're adding $2.9 billion, but it's a packaging plant. For NVIDIA and AMD, I thought that was significant. They said that Apple's right. keeping its iPhone unit steady, $85 million. Right. A lot For the 15, uh, a lot of people felt that they were going to be higher than that. So more, there's Apple. That's more for the D block. we got to get through these earnings. All right, so we went through Raytheon. We've gone through GE a bit. Want to hit Verizon? Well, I tell you, I, I want to take the other side of what could be a lot of people saying that Verizon was bad. 
They did a dollar twenty-one versus dollar sixteen. Well, stock's going to be up, but I the mean, re- but the revs were down. But David, it's very interesting. Three hundred eighty-four thousand home internet wireless. People are looking for two hundred sixty-seven thousand home internet wireless. Significance there: home internet versus handset. Um, yeah. Well, they added Jim. They added three hundred eighty-four thousand fixed wireless access net additions. That's what, a broadband product. It's what we talk about: fixed wireless. That's five G in the home. It's using wireless to get your broadband. But is that negative for Comcast, which is well, right? And T-Mobile has been very aggressive on that, as we pointed out as well. And yes, it is a competitive threat to the likes of our parent company, Comcast, as well as Charter. That being said, as we know, Charter and and Comcast have been extremely competitive in the wireless industry. Exactly. Uh, and Verizon's addition, though very, very modest, of 8,000 postpaid phone subscribers, uh, actually was better than had been anticipated. Right. So, what so is you the, are seeing a bit of a rebound in the stock. Do you think it's a false rebound? In other words, I say that because do you think it's a possibility that by the end of the day, Verizon stock, which has done this so many times, reverses as we hear other things on the call, and we can be doing people a favor who are quick drawing saying, well, this is the opportunity to get a Verizon, that maybe there are issues that we don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, the stock had been pressured more recently by this lead cable concern, even Correct. though they have a, a, a fewer than, uh, than AT&T, and then continued competition. Listen, big picture, uh, you know, you're still talking about a company that's having negative revenues. Thank you. This is 3.5% revenue decline year over year. Adjusted EBITDA was up 0.8%. Uh, adjusted EPS, these are all adjusted, was down 7.6%. Um, and so, you know, wireless service growth was was decent at 3.8%. Again, a bit of a, a positive response. They are three times levered. There is a belief that they're going to be cutting CapEx to some extent. Maybe they are able to pay down debt. And churn, by the way, was extremely low. Right. 0.83% of customers actually impressive. churning off. But, and look, I know parent companies never always feel so quickly about Comcast, but there is a note Deutsche Bank saying earnings and thoughts model update. They're sticking by it, and they're not really talking that much about this. But it's important to keep it in front. They're, of course, talking about the three billion peacock and whether peacock spend is right. top. Um, but right, we go. will keep an eye on these broadband net additions coming from fixed wireless. By the way, on the subject of lead cables, take a listen to the CFO of Verizon discussing potential liability from that on the conference call. The likelihood of exposure to lead from lead sheath cables is low. In addition, because the lead sheath cable was used as a feeder and distribution cable and does not run into individual homes or apartments, it is generally in locations that minimize the potential for public contact. So there, you know, maybe that's diffusing that No concern. company that has been involved with anything involving groundwater or the possibility of contamination has been able to avoid uh, mass tort litigation. So that's speaking, very good. Speaking of groundwater, sad. let's hit 3M. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Give me your take on 3M, Jim. Well, I think that, that Mike Roman is actually putting this behind him, and instead it's become an earnings story. Uh, but You're talking was, about PFAS and the water right, contamination, the, the $10 but, billion dollar settlement that they've reached. Right. But the Senate does not regard and is not every single entity that's right. suing them. However, for the first time, Roman was able to tell a very positive story about growth. Uh, I think that one of the problems with mass tort litigation is that every company that has told you that it's nothing, including the fabled uh, mention on page 63 of Groundwater when Roman took over, every company that has said don't worry about it seems to be totally out of sync with the plaintiff's bar, which is saying let's 
find an aggrieved individual in some town who can sue them. So the fact that there's very little contact with individuals has meant absolutely nothing. How much contact was the individuals with PFAS? So let's put that on hold. But Roman did deliver the earnings. So it's going to be a battle royal between those who are worried about plaintiff's litigation, obviously the mass tort, and those yeah. who like the revenues, which was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it, it, from the call on segment trends, Mike Roman, CEO, saying played out expect, as expected, that being trends. We saw strength in automotive, both uh, OEM and aftermarket, as well as highway infrastructure and personal safety, excluding disposable respirators. But highway um, infrastructure, by the way, and healthcare, they say, was also up slightly and continues, though, to be impacted by lower post-COVID-related demand, notably in biopharma, health information, and medical solutions. Clean beat, David. Clean okay. beat. Uh, and 3M is up. Finally, we're going to have Mary Barra joining us shortly. Right. Uh, but let's hit GM and the second quarter results, Jim. They did raise their full-year earnings guidance, but there seemed to be some concern perhaps you were raising with me right before we went on about uh, free cash flow. Yeah, free cash flow did not hit Goldman's number, uh, actually did not hit by a mile, and I, I do worry about that. But the one thing I'm far Even though adjusted about, automotive free cash is $7 and $9 billion compared to the previous outlook? Well, five and a half total to company seven and a half? EBITDA was $3.2 billion uh, compared to Goldman's $4 billion. And the streets at 3.2. So they did the street number, but not Goldman's number. But I think far more important we can talk about with, with Phil is the idea that the better the GM number does, the worse likely that the strike will be bad. Because the Sean Fain, who is the head of UAW, is a different, quite a bit different cloth than the previous UAW CEO, uh, heads. Meaning what? He's, he uses terms like billionaires making too much money, fat cats. We haven't heard that kind of language in a long time from the UAW as opposed to profit share. So you think it leads to what a higher likelihood strike. that there could be a strike? Yes. And we got to find out from Phil because this is one of those things where is the better the worse? The better you do this, does Sean Fain say, listen, I don't think it should be shared with Wall Street the way you've done. He uses terms, David, that really resound to me like 1930s labor discussion. Um, GM was looking up, Jim, and, and as we've seen, it has turned low. Yeah, because the, I gave you that EBITDA number. I think it's disappointing. You do? Okay. Yes, I do. We're going to get a lot more, David, of course, we did not. I know you put me on, on Taiwan Semi. Which, I'll give you time and, and to talk way, about I, Taiwan Semi. I think you Semi. gave me short shift on, on Unilever. Yeah, I did. And you had to go make did. fun of me about some, da- some deal that was reached about a football player. Well, yeah, because that's what you were texting about. Time. That was... Really? Seconds to go, and you're worried about Saquon? Still to come, Jim did find this on page six of uh, Morgan Stanley's longtime market bear, Mike page Wilson's five. most recent Darn report. It. Sorry, page five, in which he said we were wrong. Maybe that's the story right there. I don't know that we need to come back to it. Uh, later, we're going to have an exclusive with uh, Mary Barr, of course, of GM. More Squawk in the Street straight ahead. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. 
Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Broader markets still in rally mode. The Dow, by the way, riding an 11-day win streak. The S&P and NASDAQ would be on pace for what would be the fifth positive month for those indexes, more important indexes, in a row. In a note this week, Morgan Stanley's longtime bearish uh, strategist Mike Wilson addressed the market's performance saying, quote, we were wrong. 2023 has been a story of higher valuations than we expected amid falling inflation and cost-cutting. Jim, we have talked in the past about how hard it is for a strategist to get it right twice. And Mr. Wilson, of course, is due uh, plenty of praise for being bearish and correct for quite a period of time during that significant fall-off in the market. But he didn't change. Uh, and it's always difficult, it, it, if, and you and I have seen plenty of these through the years, to get a call right, right twice. Now, I've made fun of him repeatedly with the Dennis the Menace references to Mr. Wilson. I will say that he's not in the bull camp. Most of this note is about how he was right. And then he just says, we were wrong. Now, the words we were wrong are not used in our business. Typically, because I think that his boss would say, I'm not paying this guy X to be wrong. Right. right. Also, because it's very hard to eat crow. Uh, and if you're going to eat crow, do it on page five of a very long note. That said, David, why he was wrong, I don't think he actually gives the correct analysis. He's talking about the deep that inflation switched to deflation and the companies are doing better. I think the real story with what's happened is that we broadened out. And I think he was hoping we weren't. Remember, we were the Magnificent Seven. And then the last few weeks, everything's broad. We had healthcare doing well. We had uh, Walmart. We had retail doing well. Uh, we had a week where utilities doing well, uh, healthcare doing well. So he was banking on the Magnificent Seven taking us down some sort to some sort of abyss. It didn't happen. So it's a broader rally. And yet he still spends a lot of time talking about inflation, deflation. But I think you raised the key issue. When you've hit a home run on the short side, it is so hard to then say, okay, everything I said that was bad is now going good uh, ahead of a Fed meeting. Yeah. But he, he did say, look, what I said about inflation didn't really pan out. What I said about earnings didn't really pan out. So I have to be more negative. And yet the rest of the note is about how he's going to be right eventually. He did not join the bull camp. Oh, right. He didn't know. He didn't change his position. He just no. said, I've been wrong so far. That said, when it comes to the broader market, Jim, I mean, we are moving through earnings season now. Um, multiples are going higher because the earnings are they're fine. Well, multiples I mean, are going higher. The, to his point, the valuation in this market is higher, even with Obviously, interest rates at levels we haven't seen in a generation. I I think the problem that he ran, he alludes it, but he missed the 3M GE problem, which turned out to be not a problem. Missed the greatness of of big companies doing quite well, regardless of the Fed. He missed the fact that housing continued to do very well. Look at Pulte, look at Sherwin Williams today. Uh, This, not, you know, the Fed seemed to be irrelevant. He missed the idea that you could conceivably have six companies well ensconced in the trillion and another one about to be a trillion. And he just didn't understand that the technology had changed. Right. And that, you know, generative AI is still, we may call it a frenzy, but it is behind everything from the meta upgrade today to, frankly, a a belief that maybe alpha, uh, alpha we say by this tonight. I spoke with Jonathan Cantor last night, assistant attorney general uh, for antitrust. That's not going away, it's accelerating. No, uh, for Alphabet. It's a Sherman Act. And to your point, 
after the bell, we do get both Microsoft and Alphabet. Yeah, Alphabet's correct. The worst right, we get Microsoft as well. Seven. And we're going to get a lot of conversation, as you might expect, about generative AI from both those companies. Yes. I would expect at least questions on the on the call. Incredibly so, and you know, Nvidia obviously not today. No, generative AI is behind something that Mike Mike Wilson did not understand. Well. All right, to be fair, that was a tough one to see coming. It was. Uh, after the break, we're going to get Jim's mad dash. We'll count you down to an opening bell that's uh, eight and a half minutes from now. Don't go anywhere. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. S&P laggards, we have discussed the Pratt & Whitney problem right. that uh, Raytheon Technologies is facing right now, and that is resulting in an almost 9% decline. I want to get to Danaher and Thermo Fisher, which does follow on Danaher oftentimes, Jim. And so uh, that kind of rounds out some of our big losers so far as we take a look this morning. We're back right after this. All right, let's get to a mad dash. Going through our list, Jim, of earnings, because that's really where we want to focus. So Danaher... Uh, revenues down seven and a half percent year over year, seven point two billion. Operating cash flow, one point nine billion. This has been one of the great wealth creators over any period of time, other than more recently, right. which you can see has not been the case, and that's no. a rarity for the for Mitch Absolutely. Rails and, and gonna, Danaher. I'm going to talk about it. now the way that my club works. It is if I mention something on air, I am now held. I was going to tell you that we were going to buy this because this is the third cut. It is the deepest. And what matters the most is that on the conference call, they said basically, we are at the bottom. Now remember, they are heavily levered to biotech orders, and those have been on hold. And we now are starting to see some biotech IPOs. They had a spike uh, because an outfit that competes them with them is called Sartorius from Europe, called the bottom the other day and said things are looking better. So yep. the cross card here is to say, all right, and Lorink has a nice note out last they're talking, which is basically said the magnitude of these cuts should help in confidence in a true reset. This is a true reset. So we are going to talk about this in our morning meeting, as Jeff Marks said, and most likely buy it when we're allowed to, just three days from now. Why? Because we believe and have waited for Danaher to say it is the bottom. They have refused to, refused to, refused to. And it might be. If, this is reflected poorly on Thermo Fisher, which is another very good right. company. I mean, if history is any guide, we should point out, this uh, Mitch Rail's been a moneymaker. By the way, Larry Culp, we were talking about GE, right. a Danaher guy, right. had run the company. Right. Um, so, yes. And Thermo Fisher is suffering primarily because it's in the same business. Yeah, it so has not reported earnings. No, I mean, remember, we used to have, we had a biotech. And again, you go back and look at the performance of this company's stock price. It's been unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they have COVID hangover. So did Danner. COVID remember what's going right. on with Danner. It was, it was up 14 just the other day, down 11. That does net out to be positive. Go back even 10 right. years. I mean, but what that's bothers the, yeah. me about, about what people don't understand is, is that if you have a boom in IPOs, of which I think there could be, then this is certainly the last big quarters. Because as soon as a biotech IPO has money, they go buy equipment. Then they today. go buy all the equipment. Yeah, so. and what happens, there was a tremendous biotech boom in IPOs between 2020 right. and 2022. And so they had basically a, a, a steroidal boost in numbers that then come down. But I'm a believer in rails, and that's why we were going to buy it for the cost of being not mentioned. All right. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. We don't talk about it as much as we should be. 
Excel, uh, real-time exchange as well. Here's the big board, Ready Capital, celebrating its recent merger with Broadmark Realty. Therapeutics, it's a recent listing. Still SPAC. listening in via SPAC, still happening. Yeah, back, many, SPACs are back. I think it's a shame. SPACs are kind of hanging around. Well, I mean, I think that you have to go uh, to my friend Michael Sembolist, who did a tremendous piece uh, over at J.P. Morgan about the, the incredible losses that people, uh, people have with SPACs. It's worth reading because what it says is uh, a sucker's born every minute if you buy this. got to yeah. be very careful. Um, it's, all right. They've just been bad. Uh, one name we haven't got to yet this morning is Spotify, Jim, yes. and I wanted to hit that because that stock was looking down. We can take a quick look at uh, shares of Spotify as well as take a look at the broader market with the NASDAQ being the only uh, of the major averages in the green. There it is, 7.5%. Now, by many measures, it was a very strong quarter. I'm sorry, I'm trying to look through for my notes here. There, I got them. A very strong quarter. Right. I mean, some people um, are saying that yours was a subscriber growth wasn't that good. David, they have failed to make the pivot. High, they failed uh, to MAU make the pivot. MAU growth, strongest second quarter to date for subscriber net additions. Right. That said, what I'm being told is they did guide to slower subgrowth, Jim. Yes. Um, in part due to the fact that they had added so many subs in this reported quarter, and therefore they're expecting that things are going to get a. Uh, um, uh, a bit weaker in terms of growth for subs. Also, they may not have been saying this, but price increase, and that sometimes can have the effect of slowing subscribers. Right, so it kind of has, I mean, some people, the bulls are going to hope that this is Netflix a quarter ago, but the, where did that get them? I think that the problem is twofold. One is it is was the the forecast. They did not meet the revenue forecast. Well, Dave, but when you look at tech, which this regards to tech company, most of the great tech companies pivoted to profitability. You'll see like Datadog this morning upgrade, MongoDB upgrade, ServiceNow, which pivoted just to, uh, to profit. They were never really bad, but man, they pivoted to profit big time. I think they're going to have a huge upside explosion. But if you decided to continue to go for growth and not go for earnings. Right. They do not earn money. Uh, they had David, an operating loss of uh, 247 million euros. Then you know what? I went NXP, which had Internet of um, Things tech. Gross margins were 24.1% the second quarter. That was down 47 basis points year well, over year. Well, you've got to gross margins be up. Yeah. They did have free cash flow. Not much, but 9 million euros no, You need, flow. you know, look, we're in a very brutal market where most of the big, for instance, the Magnificent Seven, all pivot they, toward making But they are spending to grow, and they are still that growing. That was last year's They are thesis. still growing, Jim. That was last year's thesis. We wanted to see earnings, okay? You had to see earnings. So you get F5, and GE has earnings. Sherwin-Williams has earnings. 3M had earnings. Mm. So there. All right. Podcasts, they uh, took some cut costs, uh, cut costs at Spotify as well. Um, Look, canceling some podcasts and the like. It's not day. Okay. All right. Well, whose day is it? I think it's. You know, look, I know I don't want to keep coming back to GE, but oh, come back to GE if you want. GE's? We used to talk about it all the time because it well, used to once own our network. You know, you have Larry. Those were, those you were have interesting days. You know, this is the great man theory. I know people don't really like that, but Larry Cole pulled it together, and I'm telling you, it's for Nova. It's onshore wind. No one's talking about that. That is the place where they made the money. By the way, one of the one of the best performers of all time in the S&P is a company called Cadence, which makes the casing for NVIDIA and a bunch of other companies, and they disappointed. Now, I have to tell you, I think it's a faux disappointment. Man, they pushed the out. Cadence you're talking about now. We've but, moved on from GE. You move so fast. Well, our viewers like that. They do? You think they follow you? I can barely follow you. All right, continue on Cadence. It missed, why? It, it was a push, they, 
Cadence did not deliver the upside that everybody's used to, but the next quarter is going to be terrific. The next quarter is going to be terrific after that. What I'm trying to do is provide situations where I think that a market has a stock wrong. Spotify, the market has it right because they didn't pivot toward profitability. Cadence, the market has it wrong because next quarter is going to be very good. So I don't want to sell Cadence. GE is now up too much to be able to buy because it's up six. And uh, let's not forget, I continue to be focused on Alphabet twofold. One, I'm not so sure whether they had the cloud, this is tonight's business, cloud growth. And I'm very concerned about what Jonathan Kanner said last night on, uh, on Mad Money about how these guys, and this is an ongoing case, are monopolists. Right. And this is a different Justice Department. It's a rigorous Justice Department that's going after using the Sherman Act, which hasn't been used in 20 years, saying there are companies that are regarded as bad actors. I have a clip that I did for uh, CBC.com, which very pointedly says, you better be careful. Um, I want to hit a couple of things in my old world of, uh, of M&A. Uh, Amazon still trying to buy this company, iRobot, yeah. make the Roomba. Uh, FTC, of course, still giving it a hard look. Antitrust continues to be a question there. That said, they lowered what they're willing to, what they're that paying. It had been 61 a share. It's now 51.75. Okay, so how's it coming? We're get talking about that? iRobot here. Amazon obviously is the buyer, but its stock is not going to reflect anything having to do with this deal. Um, we've reached an amended agreement with Amazon that reflects the incurrence of iRobot's new debt, is uh, what uh, the chairman and CEO of iRobot had to say. Uh, they're taking on new financing they believe is sufficient to support their operations in a hyper-competitive environment and their liquidity needs. By the way, if this deal were done not to happen, Jeez. I don't know where iRobot stock goes well, hey, uh, if it were to be stopped by the FTC. How about Adobe buying Figma? Full-scale review over Europe. Yes. And Figma, that's a $20 billion acquisition that I think Adobe needs to do to protect its flank. That's, Adobe's been a remarkable stock and will continue to do so, but the $20 billion for Figma is actually may turn out to be a good buy that's going to be fun. Um, real quick, I wanted to come back to our coverage yesterday of AMC, the apes. Yes. Because it is, and I failed to, to, to discuss this because I hadn't read everything. Uh, the judge is going to eventually approve this. Um, it, it would appear that that's more likely than not. And that's why AMC shares are well down from the eight, more than $8 they briefly inhabited when we got the initial ruling. Well, Dave, don't you um, you Judge it? Zern accepted AMC's trim legal release, which excludes the release of any ape claims and resolves, right. eliminates the underlying cause of a recent rejection of the settlement, namely that would allow them to basically raise new equity by issuing these ape units or converting them to common. Um, she suggests that she remains on track to approve the settlement, will need perhaps or made additional requests to the parties. So a final resolution could take some time. But Jim, I did want to put that out there because um, in the risk arb world, as you might imagine, there are plenty of people playing that given the big moves that could take place both uh, in both those securities. And what I felt for really important for people was that it was one of the most confused ruling I've come across because yeah. The, both of the, the plaintiffs and defense agreed. You know, they had this case, and the judge basically threw it out, which was ridiculous, I think. But, but Adam Aaron and this, this show, this, this was a show that yep. was put on. There were 3,000 uh, memesters that, 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 that sent submissions into the court. Yeah. I mean, hello. Um, Jim, the, the, the feature of the morning is turning out to be Raytheon. Well, um, I know. RTX shares are down 13%. Well, I said that this is something that's going to really set After the company back. reported earnings, but it was not and is not earnings that are impacting the stock this morning. It is that it is concluded a uh, condition in present rare instances in powdered metal produced from approximately the fourth, fourth quarter of 2015 
into the third quarter of 2021. 1,200 of the original 3,000 planes are going to be on recall. So if you right now have a narrow body that you thought was going to take off today, Maybe not. Pratt anticipates by mid-September, approximately 200 PW1100 engines will be removed for enhanced inspection. Beyond the initial 200, they anticipate another 1,000 will need to be removed from the operating fleet for this inspection within the next so 9 months. So what do you do if you're one of these big airlines? You have to just, you're not going to make your numbers. I'd like to ask Phil LeBeau about that. But I think we're going to have He's going to be bringing us oh, Murray Barr shortly, but that's another issue no, for some I mean, of these airlines because they're going to have to take planes out of, right, out of service. Right. So Greg Hayes, he owned it. Um, by the way, defense was better, which I thought was good, but I, this is not the day. That, maybe that's how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln. Yeah. Um, all right. We've done very well in terms of getting through my list. We Jim. haven't done Jack. All right. Sorry. We haven't done Jack. Yeah. I, I mean, how we about did very Coinbase? Well. Two companies both saying. Coinbase? You know, Coinbase it's earnings be- day. Don't, it's earnings. We're all about earnings. What do you got over there? Look Sherman at Williams, title. better expected. Pulte Home, like, like uh, Horton, didn't react well to their very good number. People saying, hey, listen, maybe Mike Wilson is right, except for he said, I'm wrong. Still to come, we're going to have an exclusive with GM CEO Mary Barra. And let's give you a quick look at the bond market this morning as well. Um, checking out how treasuries are faring. What do we got? I know we hit some uh, 10-year yield uh, near high of a session of 3916. Um, and then you can see right there where we are in the two-year, 4887. You're from the Fed tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. No, we're only talking about earnings. Sorry. Sorry. We'll be right back. All right, let's squeeze in a quick tease for Mad Money before we get to Mary Barra in a very short moment. Dave, are you worried about Alzheimer's, about having Alzheimer's? Um, I'm worried in general about it, sure. Okay, so if you want to get the Biogen drug or soon to be the Eli Lilly drug, you're going to have to prove that you may, you may have possibility of Alzheimer's. So what you need is two things. You want to find out if your relatives have it, and you need an MRI brain scan to see whether you have plaque buildup. Well, the company that leads in that is GE Healthcare. And you see that stock up well, and they're going to be on tonight, and we're going to talk about it. Because, frankly, you're not going to be able to get that incredibly expensive drug unless you have plaque buildup. And so, the way to find the plaque buildup is through the machines that they make. Tonight. I love it. Yeah. By the way, Biogen, speaking the of, good, but not bad numbers, right? Biogen, no. Yeah. Uh, but, Dave, I knew you wanted me to stay with the GE Healthcare was good. Can I, mean, I sneak in NVIDIA for 10 seconds? Taiwan Semi's talking about they need more capacity for NVIDIA. All right, there, I'm done. He did it. Okay, All right. After the break, we will uh, have an exclusive with GM CEO Mary Barra. Uh, that stock is actually down. We'll get a read on those earnings. We're back in two. General Motors raising its full-year guidance, reporting second-quarter results that rose on a year-over-year basis. Phil LeBeau joins us now. He's going to dig into the numbers with Mary Barra. Phil. Thank you, David. Let's bring in Mary Barra from the GM headquarters. Uh, Mary, you heard David there. He set it up well. You had monster numbers for the second quarter. You're raising your guidance for the full year. But the stock is selling off right now, and I think in part because people are wondering about the additional cost cuts that you guys are putting in place, as well as pullback on capital expenditures, and the question of whether or not you're hitting perhaps a, a bit of a rough patch over the next year or so as you may be slow to ramp up EVs. Uh, what do you say to that narrative that, that seems to be circulating a little bit out there? 
Well, you know, if you look at our EV ramp up, we said we were going to produce 50,000 in the first half of this year, 100,000 in the second, and then cumulatively to 400,000 by middle of next year. We are still on track to do that. And the reception we're seeing from the products, uh, especially now uh, with the Lyric uh, starting to get uh, into more and more customers' hands, and that'll wrap dr ramp dramatically uh, between now and the end of the year, as will the Hummer. Uh, nothing has fundamentally changed. We just went back in and looked to see how do we be more cost effective uh, and, and demonstrate cost discipline across all areas of the business? And how do we really make the capital that we are investing do more? But we still intend to cover 90% of segments in, in especially EVs. We, we pretty much do that already today in ICE by 2030. So we're on track to our plan. We're just going to keep executing and you know keep uh, making sure we earn customers because we've got the right product. Products. Mary, you guys announced that you're going to be putting in manual uh, battery module assembly uh, stations at a number of your facilities uh, because of a problem with one of your suppliers when it comes to the Altium battery platform. How much will that slow down the ramp? I know you're, you're targeting 100,000 EVs produced in the second half of this year, which has been your target, um, but that has to be a, a headwind. Well, well, clearly, we're disappointed uh, that the module assembly, uh, the, the actual assembly line for that has not um, been on time, and that is causing us issues. We're doing both automated lines and manual lines, and the manual lines are something that we'll, we'll be using in many places, especially as we bring, a, uh, bring more and more uh, plants up with EV capacity. But we're also bringing automated lines in a well, and frankly, high-speed uh, automated lines. So we're doing both to not only uh, deal with the situation we're in now, but to make sure we stay ahead of module production as we have a ramp on our way to a million uh, EVs in, in North America by 2025. Mary, good morning, Jim Kramer. Good to see you as always. Good to see you. There is a UAW president, his name is Sean Fain, and Sean Fain is using language that I've not heard in 30 years. I think that the recommendation that he has from his, what he feels his rank of file one, is for really kind of a retaliation against multiple years of the UAW working closely with you to be able to make it so everybody wins. What are you going to do? Is the rhetoric just rhetoric or is there going to be a strike, Mary? Well, we're doing everything possible, Jim, to make sure we're getting to the table, which discussions have already started with the UAW, that we get to the real issues. And, you know, we want to do the right thing for our employees. If you think about our manufacturing employees specifically, what they've done over the last several years of getting back to our assembly plants quickly following safety protocols as we move through COVID, and frankly, the strong demand we're seeing for our products. So, you know, they're responding to that as well. We think we can find an agreement that does the right thing for our employees, but also allows GM to remain competitive. And that's what we're going to work on. And, uh, you know, again, we're having those conversations. So in my mind, we can get to something that uh, meets everyone's needs without a strike. Obviously, there's two parties involved, but that's the, that's the, the path that we're on and the mission that we're um, moving forward with. Well, one of the things that is disturbing if you're a shareholder of GM is that UAW leadership was at the White House for meeting to brief senior staff in the position recently at the West Wing. I mean, it's almost as if we have a union president who says, you know what, we agree with Mr. Fain. The unions haven't gotten a good deal here. And yet, Mary, I think it would be hard-pressed to think that the unions don't have the best deal in the country of most blue-collar workers. 
Well, we're very proud of the, uh, you know, the compensation package that we have for our manufacturing employees. We think it is, uh, is very strong. There's always aspects of it that we can look to improve and, and, again, while we're maintaining our competitiveness. So we're trying to make sure that all parties involved and people with interest understand where we're at, have the facts. But again, I think we can get to an agreement without a strike, and that's what we're going to work hard to do. Mary, it's Phil again. Uh, on your EV cadence of new models, you've got the Silverado going into production this year, the Chevy Blazer, the Equinox, especially on the lower end of the market. Now you're bringing back the Bolt, which you just announced today. Do you believe that lower end of the market, and I'm talking about sub 40,000 as far as an EV, is that the growth target or, or the growth area in terms of EV adoption in this country? Absolutely. And when you put that in hand with uh, charging, because what we need to do is win consumers that only own one vehicle and uh, and that are price sensitive. And so by having not only the Equinox, the Chevrolet Equinox EV in that space, as well as the the Chevrolet Bolt uh, that is just really uh, strong from a consumer perspective, that gives us the ability to offer some choice in that space at two different price points, but both in the, on the lower end. And then with all the, everything we've done from a charging perspective, uh, allows customers to choose an EV because they can have it as their vehicle for everything, especially with a robust charging network. Mary, you've been to China in the last couple of months. I know you guys have a huge business there. Um, and yet everybody is looking at the incredibly competitive market when it comes to electric vehicles there, the price cutting that is going on there. Do you see that ending anytime soon? Or do you think this is a case where we're going to see the Chinese automakers continue to be extremely aggressive when it comes to uh, cutting prices? Well, um, you know, we need to to compete in that market. You know, we have very strong um, low-cost products coming out of our our, uh, joint venture with Wuling. Uh, from a affordability perspective, as we get to some of the higher ends, especially Buick and Cadillac, you're working to make sure we have the right, pri- right price points, but also the right vehicles to compete. And my expectation is it's going to remain a very competitive market. You know, when you look at the fact that there's over 100 uh, new Chinese domestic EV automakers, uh, there's only 50% capacity lut- utilization right now. I think at some point it's got to sort. But in the meantime, we expect and we're going to you know, be in that market and look to compete and win based on our products and, and the fact that we can be efficient. Mary, here in the U.S., interest rates for auto loans remain very high relative to where they were a year ago. And yet, look, your average transaction price is $52,000 for the second quarter, essentially, for your new vehicles. And demand remains strong. Are you a little bit surprised at the resiliency of the consumer here in the U.S.? Well, I think it's not only the resiliency of the consumer, but I also think it's our specific product portfolio. When you look at the high end, what we have from full-size trucks uh, with some of the premium models, the, the off-road models, uh, I think you know we're, we're showing very strong because people want to buy our full-size trucks, our full-size SUV. We can't make enough of them. And the new mid-size truck, the Colorado and the Canyon, are also doing exceptionally well. And consumers are, are leaning toward uh, some of the higher contented, higher feature vehicles. But I'm also extremely proud of the Chevy Trax, uh, which is doing very, very well. It's affordable. It's a great vehicle. I've driven it, uh, the technology on it, the safety features. So, you know, we're at both ends of the market, I think, doing very well because we have products people want to buy. Mary, one last question. You're going to be inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame, I believe, within the next couple of months here. You've been running General Motors for now almost 10 years. 
you certainly still have the energy and the desire. I know that from talking with you. But how much longer do you expect to be in charge of General Motors before you say, you know what, it, it's time to transition to new leadership? Well, you know, the board makes that decision, Phil, not me. But as you said, I think this is some of the most exciting moments in this industry in a very, very long time. When I look at the product portfolio that I've been working with the team on for several years now is just coming into the marketplace, not to mention Cruise, which I would have thought with uh, the strong points that Kyle made uh, during our earnings call of the growth we're seeing, uh, the fact that the vehicles are safely, we're there, we're now. I mean, they are uh, an, an AI ML company. I think we just have incredible opportunities. So I don't plan to go anywhere. I'm very much looking forward to all of this technology unfolding and people understanding the true value of General Motors. And we look forward to talking to you in the future many more times. Mary Barra, General Motors CEO, joining us from the company's headquarters. Mary, thank you very much. David, I'll send it back to you on a day where, look, the numbers for the second quarter for GM, unbelievable. I mean, the demand is there for their internal combustion engine vehicles. But the market right now is, you know, it's pushing shares lower on the concerns about cost cuts and, and the EV ramp up. Yeah. And don't forget the strike. Um, Phil, thank you and for bringing us that. And you're not going to go anywhere because nope. we've got another story in one of your other beats that we're going to be following closely this morning. We have been, Phil, as you know, which, of course, is this uh, significant decline in shares of Raytheon, Jim. Phil's got yep. the beat on this. Phil's got the beat. The airlines are down as well. We're, and Greg Hayes is now going to join us. So uh, we're happy to hear that, uh, that Greg will be joining us momentarily to discuss this Pratt & Whitney engine issue that is going to bring a lot of, um, uh, of assessments uh, of these engines and they enhanced have inspections. Have a beer? Yeah, and for the airlines as well, all of which are down, by the way, stock price-wise. All right, Jim's going to hang around for that. We're back right after this. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.